this profession is complex enough that I am not arrogant enough to think that I have arrived. Wait, you don't, and, you don't have it all figured out yet? <laughs> right? There, there is so You're much close, complexity. <laughs> Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beemers. I'm Dave Mulder. I'm Abby DeGroat. As always, we want to thank you for allowing the three of us to be here with you, and we want to thank you for joining us in the hallway this week. Each week, one of us brings a question, and we try to think creatively around it in the context of Christian education. We're good friends who love each other and love engaging each other in conversation about our practice, and our deep hope is that you are enriched and encouraged in your own work and maybe even in your everyday walking around life. While we have a long list of topics we want to talk about, we also want to know what hallway conversations you would like to hear. So if you have ideas or questions or feedback about this broadcast for us, or simply want to share what hallway conversations you're having, please email us at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Today, Abby is bringing the question. All right. So as we head into summer and... Um, summer's always a time of reflection and growth and thinking for me, and I got um, an email in my inbox this week from an educational leadership organization, and there was a line in there that caught my attention, and it said, being nimble is one of the most important skills of an educator. And that person described nimble as quick to understand and adapt um, and agile. And so my wondering is, what is the role of professional learning and our ability to be nimble, right? To keep up with change that's happening at an accelerated pace. And and what should that look like for teachers? So for the typical classroom teacher, what does professional learning look like? Is PD licensing enough requirements? Should they be seeking out growth on their own? And, and where should they do that, if so? And how do they know? That's a great question. Yeah. Thanks yeah. So that's what I'm thinking about today. Yeah, that's that's a really simple question. That's a really, <laughs> I tried. Really simple. After my so, first one, we tackle yeah, something yeah, right. easy. So, so I'll give you what the the first thing I think about as I as I heard your question is I actually thought of a question is is can we be in wanting to be nimble can we try to be too nimble mm-hmm. like can we want to try to adapt to too many things right. at once. And I think there is, a, there is a, for sure, we do need to be nimble. Like you, you used, the, I wrote it down, I think, quick to understand and adapt. But, but my wondering is, if we're talking about it as quick to understand, I, I actually am trying to think of, of any significant shift, even in my own pedagogy or understanding of teaching and learning, mm-hmm. that, that I was quick to under, yeah. understand. That's a great point. And, and I think, Rightfully so, we can criticize the institution of school, of learn, of education as as being not very quick to understand. Right. But yeah. I also think um, to be too nimble might be sort of like this, almost this grab bag of yeah. me and, yeah. and the latest greatest. And mm-hmm. and we know, we we've probably have said it ourselves, but we, we've taught with people who who in, in wanting to be nimble or encouraged to be nimble, 
you know, you can get this cynical response of, well, I'll just wait it out. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll yeah. wait it out. And, and I it think will change that, again. It will change again. And I sometimes wonder then, where does that fit with your mm -hmm. use of the it's word a great nibble, question. which it's I fair. find fascinating. So yeah. those are my initial thoughts, Dave. No, and I appreciate you framing it that way because I think there is a sense where we're often looking at what's what's the next thing coming, what's the new idea, right? Yep. And, and I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't be looking to innovate and improve practice and things like that, but I'd like it to be based on some evidence too, mm -hmm. right? And so we're not just throwing mud balls up on the wall and seeing what sticks, that we're going to have something a little bit um, deliberate and a little bit, uh, well, a scope and sequence, if that right. sounds okay. Something you know? systemic, something right. long-term. Right. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, like one of the things I was thinking about as you were asking your question and listening to you, Dave, was, um, Adam, we, so I was teaching at a school that um, teaching for transformation is a framework that some mm -hmm. Christian schools in, in North America have, have um, adapted or gone to and have used and I was thinking about the, we implemented, in, in becoming a Teaching for Transformation school, we implemented kind of a cohort model oh, of yeah. professional development mm -hmm. where, where we had some early adopters. And, but basically over a three-year period, um, teachers sort of had to opt in at some point. They didn't have to do, sure. all do it in the first year. But it was this idea that over a three, and it, was a, it, was a, it wasn't even a year long, it was just like ongoing. Once you're in, you're continuing mm -hmm. um, your journey in, in teaching for transformation. And, and it was my, personally, my first experience in moving to sort of a cohort model of professional development. Yeah. Whereas before that, I can, I can remember, um, you know, looking online or, or when you get an email, like you're talking about, it's like, oh, like, Where's a great conference? And, and mm -hmm. it didn't even really, you know, oh, okay, what are they talking about? But I just want to be part of that. I want to be part of the action. And yeah. this sounds exciting and a bit of an adrenaline rush, kind of rubbing shoulders with other, other. but I didn't have a professional growth plan. You know, I didn't, there was sure. no, there right. was little accountability. I'd go by myself. So there was no one really to, sh to right. share it with. Mm -hmm. And so part of it for me is thinking about how do we how do we even move from in the nimbleness of it all is is how do we balance again it, for me it was sort of hey we're learning to adapt but we're also taking the long view mm -hmm. with professional development like we're making a systemic right. change here as a K to 12 school rather than here's the sophomore english teacher going learning sure. coming back and and no one really asking, hey, how did this change your practice? How did you change your mm -hmm. learning? So, mm -hmm. so I wonder even as we think about professional development, what does high accountability and support look like in terms of sharing the knowledge sure. that we've gained? And, and to make that an expectation, right? So when, totally. when you're involved in real professional development, yes, it is for me, but it should yeah. be for we, for all of yeah. us in this too, right? So the things that I learned and the things I'm playing with in my teaching practice are going to ripple out into the, the whole school community, right? That I can share this, whether it's in a professional learning community or that I'm going to lead some kind of uh, yeah. faculty development, or even just a reporting out. So, hey, I went to this conference and here's what I learned, mm -hmm. right? And to make that a norm and an expectation. I mean, like, maybe one of the questions I'm thinking about too, or maybe you can wade into this is, I'm thinking about learning targets, and mm -hmm. I'm wondering for schools what the learning target of professional development is. Like, why are we doing professional development? Like, beyond like, hey, this meets a contractual like, uh, like obligation. Like, why is it like? So, what I don't. Know, what comes to your mind when you think like, why should we be doing professional development? 
Right. I think that for one thing, right, as a teacher, as a professional in the classroom where I'm expecting my students to be learners and thinkers, I think it's also important for me as their teacher to model that and to do that. I also think this com this profession is complex enough that I am not arrogant enough to think that I have arrived. Well, you don't, and, you don't have it all figured out yet. <laughs> right? There, there is so You're much close, complexity. Bobby, about, <laughs> well, I'm going to leave that. Yeah. Um, but, but also, what are my, I like that you said learning targets, right? So for me, because my learning targets are going to be different than Dave's and different yeah. than yours because we're different people at different places in our journey. And so I like that I'm thinking about the individual teacher who might not be part of a school environment mm -hmm. that does this well, yeah. right? Yeah. And so how does that teacher yeah. make personal learning targets for themselves yeah. and seek the skills mm -hmm. that they need right. to grow? Yeah, and I, I, as you say that, I'm, all, I'm also wondering about how do, we, how do we ensure that we're finding professional development that's directly related mm -hmm. to my practice, to improving my right. specific, what is the direct correlation between the professional development we're mm -hmm. doing and what's actually happening in the classroom? Like, like hey, I want to go to a project-based learning um, conference because I'm interested. And, and there's something to be said for that. But, but are you actually going to be implementing it? Mm -hmm. Like, are they actually going to help you in that conference design lessons? Mm -hmm. Or they're just telling you what it's about and are you going back and you have to figure it out on, on your, your own, own, right? Sink or swim. Yeah, right? And, and that's where I feel like too much of our, even when we think it's, it's relative to our own teaching, like I always think good pro D is actually, there's collaboration time, there has right? To there, be, right? There's people rubbing mm -hmm. shoulders, they're designing together, they're giving kind, specific, helpful feedback to each other as part of the professional mm -hmm. development. And, and too often, I've, you know, we've all gone where we've kind of, here's what it's about, now go back to your school and figure mm -hmm. it out. Right. The tyranny, tyranny of the urgent dominates. Yeah, and you never and, do. And it's in, it's, in my, it's in a folder that I never look at again, actually, mm -hmm. to, be, to be quite honest, which which isn't a great use of school resources and not a great great use of my time. So. Mm -hmm. Let's be real. Most teachers have had that experience in a professional development. Right. Like, I have to go. I will do the thing. Check the box. Okay, move it on. Yeah. And that has me thinking about how do we how do we increase teachers' motivation? <laughs> so that, when you asked this question, Abby, I, I came back to my one of my heuristics for what is what is good professional development look like, and I'm thinking of this through my lens as a professor at this point. So I need to name that right. Um, what does my summer look like? Well, the three hours of, of professional development, mm -hmm. right, uh, are rest, reading, and reflection. Mm -hmm. You said reflection, mm -hmm. that, that reminded me, right? Like, um, I need some downtime, right? The work of teaching is yeah. stressful, and it's demanding. And so rest, take that in the broadest sense. It's like, what does Sabbath look like? And so maybe that includes things like play. It's not just laying around in a hammock in the background, uh, right, but in the backyard, but uh, to actually, like, build in some, some playfulness and things like that. Uh, reading, I feel like I always have a book that I'm reading, and so sometimes that's going to be something that's just for fun, but a lot of times I'm doing professional reading. And, um, you know, so you join a professional organization and you read their journal, maybe you're going to go to their conference or something like that, right? Like that could be part of it. Or maybe you collaborate with colleagues and say, this is a book that we're going to read and discuss together, and that's something our department mm -hmm. is pretty good at, right? Yeah. That we, we read things and talk about it together. 
And then reflection, like you just said, Patty. I think that is the key thing for me. The, the most professional growth that I've had are those times when I intentionally dedicate time and space to, and for me, I do it through writing, right? This is why I started the blog, um, so that I've got an intentional place that I'm writing in a kind of semi-public format, because then I feel like I have to be pretty sure most of the time about what I'm thinking when I'm going to put it out there, mm -hmm. right? But it, it forces me to do that kind of reflective work to say, why am I doing what I'm doing? Should I keep doing the things that I'm doing? How are the things that I'm reading impacting how I'm thinking about what I'm doing? And it builds those pieces kind of together in a cohesive way. Yeah, I really like that you said rest, too, because I agree with you. This year especially has been yeah. incredibly demanding for our profession. And I think sometimes, especially teachers, will take on that, I need to keep doing, mm -hmm. right? Or I'm, I, I never do enough. And I think being intentional about Sabbath and rest is a really important part of developing yourself as a professional and a whole person, right? So that yes. you can serve your students. So thanks for bringing that up yeah, too right. as part of it. Do you, it makes me think actually, yeah, thanks for that, Dave. And as you, as you even responded to that, Abby, it makes me wonder, one of the questions I'm actually wondering about in my own head then is how important might it be for a, a faculty at a school to have a conversation about actually what constitutes professional development mm -hmm. and it makes me wonder if um, the definitions of that we need to expand what we how we think mm -hmm. of professional development like to, to develop professionally and it's not and, just an hour on Wednesday afternoon mm -hmm. right that's not what happens inside that hour no and, it's and, bigger and than that yeah and, and, may, part of it. and maybe even for some schools to, to, to hey we're gonna make a list of like hey, we're requiring ongoing professional development, but let's get creative about, about what this looks like, right? I, I'm not sure everyone thinks of reading a book mm -hmm. or even rest yeah, right. as professional development. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, hey, I'm going to go to this conference, I'm going to mm -hmm. go to this session, I'm going to listen to a speaker, but, but I do think, I, I wonder if we need to think wide, wider and deeper about, about how we define that. It also... Uh, kind of in a, in a going in a bit of a different direction it also makes me think um, how do we what does professional uh, development look like internally like to not always have to yeah. go right or mm -hmm. to find but mm -hmm. um, I always think what about what are the who are the experts we have on our own staff like yes. if I think at an elementary yes. or a secondary school right there's so much knowledge there's so much knowledge there there's so many good practices mm -hmm. um, that maybe just because of the busyness of everything that we actually don't share practice like when does a grade six teacher ever get to hear a, a kindergarten teacher talk about about a practice they do around literacy and numeracy and how might they be able to adapt that or a physics teacher listening to a language arts teacher mm -hmm. but here's some protocols that mm -hmm. i use and and so I, it makes me even wonder, and I probably didn't do this very well even as a principal, but as we're talking, is maybe we need to even start rethinking faculty meetings at our elementary and secondary mm -hmm. schools. Is how much of that time is, is spent going over things that you can simply email your staff, and you actually have a week's <laughs> built in. Don't answer that, don't answer that. But, but to say, hey, like to say, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to designate every, you know, whether it's Wednesday or Thursday afternoon as, as we're going to ask a, a couple of teachers, hey, can you, can you do a 10 or 12, 15 minute mini lesson that shows a practice or a protocol mm -hmm. that your staff could use like that? 
like like I said, how are we holding our, our mm -hmm. faculty accountable just to the knowledge that we have within us? Like, yeah. cause, because they are experts too. It's not always we have to, right. to go and find, but it's like, man, like look at what's happening within our own schools. Already. And I think that's a nice shift too, because I think teachers can get tired, right, yeah. of the constant, you have to go hear this, you have to go hear this. They can get cynical. Mm -hmm. I was there too, yeah. right? Yeah, I think we all have. And um, I think there's something empowering about about a, a kindergarten or a middle school or a secondary school teacher listening to someone that they know mm -hmm. is in the trenches with them. Mm -hmm. Like it's, and I like I have to be aware of that now that I'm not a principal or, or yeah. a, a, a high mm -hmm. school teacher anymore, right? To say, hey, like I love leading or speaking, and we've all done that. But I also think there's something empowering about, oh, like, this person's doing this right. work right now. And, and, and right think, down the hall from me. Right down the right. hall from yeah. me, right? Yeah. And, and maybe that's one of the criteria maybe some of our listeners might use this to say, is a, is a teacher leading this? Mm. Is a teacher mm -hmm. leading this? Um, I think the other question around Pro-D pro that I think we have to be honest about is, is what I'm learning, is it sustainable, is it practical? And I think mm -hmm. I said earlier... Am I coming away with some some actual lesson design that I can use in September, October, yeah. November? Like, is it is this actually going to make a difference in, in in teaching and and learning? And so, I think we need to we need to remember that as we decide. Hey, my last question, and Dave, you had talked about three R's earlier, but maybe for each of you to say, like, we we have teachers who are ending their school year um, in the next weeks and over the next month, as they think about professional development this summer or, mm -hmm. um, you know, even going forward, um, yeah, is there is there something, a bit of advice or wisdom or encouragement that you can give them as they sort of seek out those opportunities? Putting you guys on the spot. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But how do we make it practical for our listeners? Right, we have to have a deliverable. Yeah, we have to And And listening to this podcast might constitute hey. professional development. <laughs> But beyond, but beyond that, what what might you say to, to a teacher who might email you and say like, what, then what should I look for this summer or in the fall? How would you how would you answer that? Yeah, I think I think the purpose part of that, right, is thinking about your year that you just came off of and thinking about what is one learning target, right, that I have mm -hmm. for myself mm -hmm. for next year. What could make my life. And the and the learning of my students better, right? For for having learned it mm -hmm. by the fall, yeah. And I would set a learning target that way, and then find something authentic to help you reach it, so that you have a purpose and there's mm -hmm. a goal there. Because if you're doing it to check off a box, you're not going to have the motivation or yeah, the autonomy. Right. Yeah. And so making it authentic that way and saying, okay, what what could improve my position by the time that I am in this spot next year how mm -hmm. could how could I have had a better year because mm -hmm. I knew how to do this and then I think professional sources like journals are really a great place to look for that yes. um, ACSD online so mm -hmm. different um, educational leadership things like that you can find great ideas um, in a lot of places and mm -hmm. also talk to other teachers Right? Mm -hmm. Have a community, a professional learning community, whether that's on Twitter, whether that's mm -hmm. 
in real life and kind of crowdsource then answers to your questions and look for articles and things yeah. that way. Yeah, your your initial question, Abby, used the word nimble, but you also just talked about being authentic, and mm -hmm. I guess I'm putting those words together like authentically yeah. nimble, right? Yeah. To be like, um, hey, to be nimble, but to how does this fit into into my goals as mm -hmm. a teacher? Right. How does this fit into the goals of the department? And finally, mm -hmm. I think you, for those, in, especially in Christian education, how does this fit into the mission and vision of the school? Like, right. does this yeah. fit yeah. with who we're trying? To be one, and I think that's actually we don't think about that sometimes enough mm -hmm. to say, does it fit who the larger community and the promises we're making to our par our parents and our students? Right. Friends, we know your time is valuable, and we want to thank you for joining us today for another hallway conversation. And whether it is this day, this week, this month, or this school year, we do hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of to end the year well. We want to thank you for the good, God-delighting work you are doing in your schools and communities. And as you go into this week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. On behalf of Dave and Abby, we want to say thanks for joining us and we hope that you have a good week. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual hallway conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening.